Amen. Amen. It's truly a pleasure to be here. Isn't it a sweet spirit in here today? Amen. I enjoyed that worship. Mickey and worship. Come on, let's give them a hand. That was so good. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited to be here tonight. I'm I'm just floored, honestly, that uh, our pastors have uh, entrusted the pulpit to me tonight. And uh, so I want to honor Pastor Benjamin and Sonny as they're away. Many of you know they are celebrating their uh, 12-year anniversary. Amen. And so uh, Pastor Joseph mentioned it yesterday, and I think it is so awesome that our senior pastors can go away for extended time and be able to just fellowship one another and be able to pour into one another and not have to worry about the cares of the house. Amen. Amen. That's a testament to what they've done in us. They've preached, they've taught, they've modeled in us the ways to go so we can continue to carry it forward. So I just want to, uh, again, honor them and thank them for this opportunity. And um, I'm also very excited to see some of my own family here. If I could have my mom and dad stand, please. My parents are here. My sister, Michelle, is here. My brother, Liddell, is here. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. It truly uh, just blessed my heart to see you guys here tonight. Amen. Let's go before the Father in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much because you are here. God, it is evident that you are here and you are amongst your people. You said where one or two are gathered, there you are in the midst, Lord Jesus. And so today we reverence you. We honor your authority. We pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts today. Open our ears. Open our eyes. Help us to see clearly who you are and what you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name. Everyone said. Amen. 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 You know, um, many of you know I'm a, a father. I got three kids. Uh, my beautiful wife is here. All of you know Pastor Chin Wei. She does wonderful worship. Uh, my daughter Alana is here. Amen. She's sitting in the sanctuary. That's a testimony all in itself. <laughs> but children are amazing. Isn't it so awesome that God can speak to us through our relationships with our children? I mean, it just hits home on a whole nother level. Once you become a, how many parents can identify with that? Amen. How many parents have had God slap you upside the head through your kids? <laughs> come on, come on. Amen. And so um, I was, as I was preparing for this, I was re- reminded of a couple months ago, uh, we, my wife and I were talking about what were we going to do with our kids for the summer? Parents, you guys know about those questions. And so we were thinking, what are we going to do with Rumi for the summer? So we finally came up with a plan. We said, okay, we're going to put her in uh, swimming lessons, swimming lessons for the summer. So uh, we made the mistake of mentioning that to her. And so uh, we told her that, but school year hadn't finished yet. So we said, okay, well, we're going to do it, but it's going to start in the summer. So in the summer, you'll start taking swimming lessons. And so you know what was amazing is my wife and I discovered that she was so excited about the promise that we made of, sw- of swimming lessons that she began to start reminding us. How many parents can relate? She began to, t- it, it was like a countdown, week by week, day by day, even felt like moment by moment sometimes. She was reminding us of the promise that we made to her. And it got to the point to where my wife and I discovered, you know what, we can use this for our benefit. She is so excited about swimming 
that matter of fact, we can give her a checklist of things to do and she will make sure all of them are done just so she can make sure that she goes to get her swimming lessons. Come on, parents. We got to we got to we got to stick together on that. (laughs) Whereas in the past, if we were to give her a checklist, maybe one thing might get done. But because she was motivated, because she was motivated to have those swimming lessons, we found out that she would take she would be meticulous. Matter of fact, she would come and read back to us. I did this. I did that. I packed my bag. I put this here. I put that. We're like, wow, this girl is organized. We never knew she could be organized. (laughs) But it all stemmed from a promise that we made that she held fast to and that she stewarded. And she's now enjoying it. It's the summer now. She's been able to enjoy it. And so as I was thinking and as I was preparing I felt impressed by the Lord to remind us of his promises this morning, or this evening, rather. We, we really have to remember his promises. Now, at the beginning of the year, God made us, as Living Hope, two promises. How many people remember that? Beginning of the year, God made us two promises. What is the first promise? The first promise was that in 2012, we would steward an increase in what? Souls. Come on, say it. An increase in souls. How many still holding fast to that? <laughs> uh, Isaiah sixty twenty two is one of our theme verses. It says, the least of you will become a thousand. The smallest, a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. You know, I remember at the beginning of the year, we saw many first fruits of this. How many of you guys remember even the testimony that uh, Howe did? It was on our announcements. Wasn't that powerful? He was a new believer, had recently come to the Lord. And uh, from the moment he came to the Lord, he began to start praying for his family. He began to start praying and interceding for his family. And they had been resistant to the gospel. But he was a first fruits. And he began to start praying and praying and interceding for his family. And finally, God turned the heart of his parents to where he was able to share the gospel with his You guys remember that? How powerful, how awesome that was. Amen? So God is already beginning to do it. Another example, which I think was extremely powerful. How many remember Easter Sunday? Was Easter Sunday not powerful? We were right over there at Emory Secondary School. We had 435 people Easter Sunday. That more than doubles our normal church attendance. It was powerful. I saw people standing in their place. I saw people standing out in front greeting people as they were coming out of the cars. People were standing out. Helping people find parking spots. Come on, we were coming to, we were like a, a well-oiled machine. You guys remember that? You know what I also remember? I remember the build-up to that. Remember how we began to pray. We began to pray and intercede. We began to pray and intercede for, for our loved ones. We were praying like ne- never before. I remember in the 21 days of prayer, Pastor Tanasha stepped up. Come on, you guys remember that? She led us. She went to war for us, for many of our our family members that we have been praying for for years. I just saw a a lion just begin to rage in her. Come on, y'all remember? In those 21 days of prayer, it was awesome. And you know what? We're believing for even greater increase. But one thing that I want to bring our attention to is in that promise, the promise said that we would steward and increase in souls. 
that word stewardship. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, many of us were doing really good at the beginning. Many of us were just praying and interceding for our loved ones. We were interceding for them so powerfully. And we were beginning to hear testimonies. Amen. The Lord is telling us not to stop believing. Don't stop praying. Don't stop interceding because our labor of love is not in vain. Now, I want to give you the definition of stewardship. Stewardship, come on, you guys, those of you with pens. Stewardship means the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. I'll say that again. Stewardship means the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Now, let's break that up. The first aspect of stewardship is careful and responsible management. Now, what was the strategy we were getting in regarding, we were given in regarding to stewarding souls? Anyone remember what was the strategy? The strategy was what? First, don't go on the street and preach to people that you have no connection with what? He said, people that you know, your friends, your family members, begin to pray for them. For how long? For what? Ten days. Begin to pray and intercede for them. And then on that 10th day, do what? Call them. Email them. Facebook them. Whatever. Get in connection with them. Contact them in any way that you can. I'm saying this not to beat us over the head, but I'm saying this to remind us of of the promise that our Father gave us. Let's not let it go. Peter said these are great and precious promises. Precious promises. When something is precious, you don't take it for granted. We were talking even in a devotion this morning. Many of us have one of these. What? What is this? iPhones. These things are expensive. For some of us, this is like our Bible. Come on now. Let's be real. There, I mean, you got passwords on this thing in case you lose it. We got these uh, special things in case you drop it on the back so that it won't crack. Why? We take care of this thing because, what, this is precious. But this is just a thing. What about the very words of Almighty God? Do we take care of them? Do we hold them to our heart? Do we steward them like we do these things? Now, the second aspect of stewardship is something or someone entrusted to our care. I like that. Something or someone entrusted. Entrusted. How many people have actually a trust? Like at the bank, you have a trust. Oh, we got too many young people here. You guys don't know nothing about that. <laughs> but, you know, I'll say this. We have to begin to see our loved ones and those that God brings into our lives as someone that's being entrusted to our care. Someone that's been entrusted to our care. You know what? We actually are our brother's keeper. We really are. We are responsible for the relationships that we have. Take time to think, who are the people that God has blessed me to bring into my contact? Where is my sphere of influence? Think about it. You have a sphere of influence. Next thing I want to talk about is the last part of that promise is an increase. 
He said we would steward and increase in souls. Now, Isaiah 60, 22 says, God said that the least of us will be a thousand. I don't know about you, but that sounds like supernatural increase. The least of us would be a thousand. It's difficult for our minds to wrap around that, right? And I think the problem is our thinking is too small. We think too many times that what God is doing in our lives is mostly for us. In Isaiah 49, verse 6, he's, the Lord is speaking and he's saying to Isaiah, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. You know, one of the most powerful things God has been teaching me is that everything that I go through is not for me. Say that again. Everything that you go through is not for you. Oftentimes, Pastor Sonny says, even the things that we feel are prophetic. So oftentimes we miss what God wants to do in our lives because we think it's for us. Now, have anyone ever heard of the term six degrees of separation? So I don't need to explain what it means. But, oh, I do. All right. (laughs) Appreciate your honesty. (laughs) Six degrees of separation, it refers to the idea that everyone is on average approximately six steps away by way of introduction from any other person on earth. So that a chain of a friend of a friend statements can be made on average to connect any two people in six or fewer steps. Uh, So basically, in a nutshell, all of us in the entire world, if we trace our connections, if we trace the relationships that we have, six steps uh, by person by person, we'll find that we're connected, all of us, all throughout the world. And I, I, I bring that up because Mickey made a very great point. What about Facebook? Social media is so powerful. Do you know that people in over 25 different nations can hear what we preach every Sunday? They can download podcasts. They can see online and, and glean the, 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 even the teachings that we receive that are so precious. God wants to take us beyond what we can do. You can only witness by mouth to so many people. Come on, let's just keep it real. You can only go to so many places physically. And so God wants to take us to a place of supernatural increase. Basically, the point I'm making is that God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. Second part of that promise was that what? In 2012, we would steward an increase in finances. Uh Uh-oh. It's already quiet, so it can't get no quieter than that. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Why? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, I know this is Old Testament imagery, so let me just bring it up to new school. Basically, material wealth is a promise to those who obey the Lord. So God wants us to be blessed. I didn't get no amens on that. 
God wants us to be blessed. Oh, wow. See, we've heard so long that if the preacher got money, something funny must be going on. If the Christian is doing well, something shady must be going on. No. Do you know that the fact that you are not materially wealthy, it hinders your witness? It hinders your witness. And we say, oh, that's just because people are carnally minded. No. It takes money to do everything. It takes money for us to sit here right now. PG&E is costing money right now. Here again, many of us, we started off well. I remember hearing many testimonies of people saying, you know what? I've been out of work for two years, and now God has blessed me with a job. Come on. People who are living in like a one-bedroom little box. All of a sudden, now we have a two, three, four-bedroom home now. We heard all those type of testimonies. And God is continuing to do those. Those things are only the first fruits. Or how about this? How many people remember those testimonies? People say, you know what? I got a flat tire, but I didn't have to put it on my credit card because I had an emergency savings fund. Come on. The will of God for each of us as it pertains to finance is that we will be made rich in every way. Why? So that we can be generous on every occasion. Do you know that when you are without you are not able to completely fulfill the call that is on your life. You hear that? Many of us are very zealous. Many of us even might know what the call of God is on our life. But if you don't have financial funds, it hinders you. James 1 and 27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans, and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Think about it. How many times have you wanted to help somebody, but you just didn't have the money? Come on. How many times did you want to say, hey, you know what? That person doesn't have a place to stay. Let them come on, stay with me. Yeah, yeah. Having, not having finances, it hinders the call of God on our life. I want to remind us about Stewardship one more time. Again, the the meaning is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Now, what was the strategy that we received? Come on, living hopers, for our finances. There it is, 15, 15, 70. 15, 15, 70. For those of you that don't know, basically that means first fruits give God 15%. 15% of your increase. And then do what? Save 15%. Save 15%. How many of never had a savings until this year? Come on. It's, it's okay. It's okay. We family. Look at that. Look at that. Look at how many people, look at how many people never had a savings account until this year because of that principle. Give God 15, save 15, and then do what? Live on the 70. Man, that sounds crazy, don't it? But God has been showing himself faithful. Come on. How many testimonies? God has been showing himself faithful. Now, the reason we give the tithe first is because without the increase, we would be at a loss. But thanks be to God, we are not at a loss. We actually have increase. You know, I want to encourage those of you, even in the area of giving 
give God his first. Because if you wait to the middle, now you got a debate. Come on, let's just keep it real. And then if you wait till you pay all your bills, so okay, I'm going to get him on the next round. (laughs) And what we're doing is we're shooting ourselves in the foot because God has promised us increase. Now, the second aspect of that as far as money is something or something being entrusted to your care. I was reading in uh, Matthew 25 the whole story of the talents, and this thing really scared me. In this parable, the Lord is referred to as as the master. And the parable also states that the master called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now, we all know that when Jesus speaks in parables, it's an, ex- it's an example of our relationship with him, right? So that means he's our master. Come on. And he's entrusted to us what? His wealth. And then the parable also states that, well, let me just say this. Do you realize that your money is not really your money? It's not really your money. Actually, we need to kind of get that out of our vocabulary. It's not our money. We have been entrusted with his money. You know, sometimes it's easy to forget that we have a master who has entrusted his wealth to us. But this was the really scary part. It also says that they had to give an account for what they did with his wealth. It says he actually settled accounts with them. He used an accounting term. (laughs) He said, come here, I need to settle accounts. What have you done with my money? I know that sounds harsh, but I have to say it that way because sometimes we are too cavalier with the things of God. He's asking us, how are you stewarding what I've put in your hand? We ought to take a moment and think about that. Lastly, the increase as far as finance is concerned. Basically, the principle here is that we think too small and that God desires that we be in health and prosper even as our soul prospers. See, that breaks that whole theory again that Christians can't have. He wants us to prosper. What? Even as our soul prospers. That's in uh, 3 John 1 and 2. God desires to bless us holistically. You know, I'm kind of going to sum it up in this. In order to make a tangible impact for the kingdom of God, it just plain costs money. Did you know that one of the gifts of the Spirit is giving? We don't talk about that one, huh? We want to talk about words of knowledge and words of wisdom and gifts of administration. How many have the gift of giving? Mm, I didn't think too many hands were going to go up. Amen. Amen. You know, all God really requires is that we remember his promises, that we steward them, and that we believe for his supernatural increase.
So basically the principle is this. First, there's God's promise. We have to remember God's promise. Then we have to steward it. In other words, we have to hold it uh, with high esteem. With high esteem. Don't take lightly anything that God has entrusted in your care. And if you do those two things, the last one is all him. He brings the supernatural increase. He takes us way further beyond where we could ever be in and of ourselves. You know, in closing, um, Galatians 5, 7 says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Let this not be said of us. Let us remember the promises God has made to us and steward them until we see the supernatural increase that our father has promised. Don't stop believing. Don't stop stewarding. As I read earlier, we uh, don't get weary in well-doing. This is a good plan. I want you to know that this is a good plan. This was a good promise that our father gave us at the beginning of the year. He doesn't want us to let it go. You know, I was talking to one of our brothers. He's a, as far as I was concerned, he's a pretty successful businessman. And he was sharing with me. He said, you know what? Say about 10, 15 years ago, I had so many financial opportunities that were presented to me, but I just didn't steward them. He said, I didn't know what I had. I didn't recognize it. And, and, and even the things that I thought I had, I only steward them for a short period of time. You know, I want to encourage you, like, even in the area of faith, many times the enemy will try to make you think that you don't have faith. We all have faith. He said everyone's been given the measure of faith. It's just sometimes we give up too soon. We stop. We get weary. You know, uh, our brother uh, Chris gave a great testimony, and uh, I love sports, so when he started talking about Chris Berman, my ears just perked up but he said a saying that's so true is that he was using it in the natural he said certain people you can't stop you can only hope to contain them and i believe that that's so true in the spirit the enemy cannot stop us he can only hope to contain us so many of you under the sound of my voice the enemy has been trying to get you to shrink back shrink back Maybe no one in your family has ever tried business entrepreneurship. Maybe no one has ever gone to college. Maybe no one has ever had a savings account in your family. Don't allow what you've seen in the past to predict your future. Our God gave us a promise, and we have to hold fast to it unshakably. He that promised is what? He's faithful. He is faithful. Come on, think about all the times God has proven himself faithful time and time and time again. Our God is faithful. Lord, we hold fast to your promise today. God, we won't take it lightly. Lord, you said we can even bring it back to your remembrance. We can even speak it to you. You desire for us to speak your promises back to you. Father, I pray that we would hold fast and we would not lose the vision. Lord, I pray that we would begin to steward 
and take careful attention to the things that you have entrusted to our care. Father, give us great wisdom in our money management, Father. Give us great wisdom in our time management, Father. Even the relationships that you've given us, the people that you desire to draw to yourself through us, Father. Let us not take it lightly, Lord. Lord, let our ears be open to what you desire to do in every area, in the area of souls, in the area of our finances. Father, we believe you to give the increase. We believe you to go far and above what we could ever do within ourselves. God, we thank you that even many of us are in situations where we need you to do what only you can do. And so, Father, I pray that we will not shrink back. We will not stop giving, that we will not stop believing, that we will not stop praying, but that we would stand and see the salvation of our Lord. Lord, so many times you allow situations and trials to come to us, not because you want to harm us, but actually because you want to promote us. So, Father, I pray that we would embrace where we are, that we would embrace the opportunities that are placed before us by you and that God, we will see with our eyes. Lord, we're going to see it with our eyes, but we're not going to only know about you in theory, but we're going to experience your faithfulness. God, I just break every lie, every deceptive spirit in this house tonight that will make us think that we're not moving forward. We're not making progress. So many feel like they've taken two steps forward and three steps back. But God, we are moving forward with you. Open our eyes, God. Open our eyes to see in the spirit what you are doing. God, we thank you that you are giving a supernatural increase in the area of souls. Lord God, you are making us soul winners. Lord, you are going to go, even before the words that we speak, you're going to prepare the hearts of those that you have placed around us. Father, and we'll be sensitive to your leading. Even in the area of finances, God, beyond what it says in our savings accounts, Lord God, you are going to bring supernatural increase. We believe it, we decree it, and we stand fast on it. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, I just want to, I just want to be real with you guys. Um, I didn't really say this in a very charismatic way because I feel like many of us just need someone to just talk real sometimes. And so I just want to open up the altar. If You know, maybe you've been struggling in the area of stewarding souls. If maybe you've been struggling in stewarding your finances, no, no shame, no condemnation. The Lord didn't send this to make you feel bad. Whenever God points out areas in our life, it's because he desires to give us grace. So if that's you, just come on down. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe with you. God is going to seal this word in your heart and in your mind. Just take a moment. Allow the Lord to speak to you. God only deals in honesty. If you really want to see breakthrough, if you really want to see increase in souls, if you really want to see increase in your finances, 
We got to stop thinking about what people think about us. Nobody in here has a heaven or hell to take you to. All of us have been struggling from faith to faith. So if that's you, come on down. Come on down. Our Father wants to give us supernatural grace today. He wants to love on us with his grace. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hmm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you that your spirit is moving. Your spirit is moving. We respond. We respond to you tonight. Mm, Hallelujah. God, we thank you. You're going to do what only you can do in every one of these situations, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Mm. Come on, stretch out your hands to all these. Come on, begin to intercede. Intercede for your brothers and your sisters. Intercede for them like even if it was you. If it was you that didn't know where you were going to live. If it was you that was afraid to tell someone about the love of Jesus. Intercede for them. Intercede for them. Father, we lift our brothers and sisters to you tonight. Lord God, we thank you that each one of their steps are secure. Father, we thank you that they cannot be shaken. Father, we thank you that your word says that you will supply every need according to your riches in heaven. God, we thank you, Lord, that every need there is already supplied. We're not fighting for it. You have already given us everything we need for life and godliness. Father, I pray that you would open each one of their eyes to see where the ram in the bush is. Open their eyes to see what you've already given. Lord, in the area of souls, Father, I thank you for your spirit is inside each one of them. And if your spirit is inside each one of them, you know exactly what to say. You know exactly what to do. Father, we cancel every lie of the enemy that makes us think that we're timid. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We cancel that lie in Jesus' name. The spirit of the risen Christ is inside each one of us. And he's given us an instructed tongue to know what to say in season to him that is weary father we thank you tonight lord we thank you that your word is going to hit deep into our hearts tonight and it's going to bring forth fruit father we are not going to forget your promises lord they are precious and we're going to steward them and we're going to believe and see increase and we will cancel every lie that any when our feelings don't line up When our bills don't line up, we are going to cancel every lie of the enemy and believe you to do what you promised. We bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Be encouraged. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Thank you.